as I just stated, the, the theme of our Vacation Bible School is zapped. And let me read kind of the, the theme behind what that is. It's this. Plugging into God's power helps me see and do what I should. And so as we go throughout the next few weeks, we're going to be talking specifically about Peter and how Peter in different avenues of his life was, got plugged in, so to speak, to, to God and how he kind of did what he did as, as he uh, was involved in so many different things with church and, and with the ministry that Jesus had as he walked on earth and so many different things. But this morning we're going to talk specifically about Peter and Peter's call into being a disciple or being an apostle there. And so as we, we look at this morning, we'll be in Luke chapter number 5, but, but we're going to talk of a number of different things this morning, really dealing with, with Peter as an apostle. And as I was studying, this sermon really was, it was about three days worth of reading and reading and rereading and reading and rereading. And, and then it was, what, Thursday morning or whatever it was, it just kind of a light bulb went off for me. And, and as I was reading and doing some study, there was a few things that kind of really jumped out at me about Peter and the ministry. One of the things is, is this. Most of us would know the, the, the phrase in Matthew where it says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so when I thought of Peter, all of the time that I've really ever read or done much with Peter, I've always thought Peter was standing on the shore, he was fishing, and Jesus came along and said, hey, why don't you follow me and be a fisher of men? And he just said, okay, let's go do this. Well, I guess what really struck me as I was doing my study, I was reading, and then I kept getting different cross-references, and I was kind of putting all the pieces together, and I was reading some different commentaries, and the commentaries that I kept reading were saying that Peter came in contact with Jesus more than a year before he actually left everything and followed Jesus. And so I'm reading this, and I'm reading this, and I'm reading this, and the more that I was reading, and then I came into the passage where we're going to deal with today, here's what struck me, and you'll go, you are an idiot. Here's what struck me. Peter was just a normal guy like you and me. (laughs) Light bulb. How awesome is that, right? No, Peter, as I was reading it, just more and more that I was reading, and I would, literally, I'm not, this is no joke, this is not exaggeration. You can ask Lori and and Daryl was in the office working on vacation Bible school stuff all week, and on multiple occasions I came out and I would, say something to them about pertaining to it, and then I would go back, and I'd come back out, and, and it was Thursday, it, it finally just kind of like light bulb went off, but the re, here's what hit me, Peter and the disciples are really no different than you and me, they were men that walked and talked and pulled their pants on like we would pull our pants on and did pretty much everything. They didn't have iPhones and they didn't have computer and technology and all the things that they had or that we have, but they were just men, men like you and me. And you go, that's what you came up with. Not everything, but that's really what it kind of boiled down to me was. In my simple mind, in my simple way of thinking, 
I was going through all of this stuff, and I was, I was putting this whole sermon together and, and trying to stick along with the theme as much as I can with Zapped and going through what we're going through. And, and I just kept coming up with this idea that Peter was just a normal guy. So many times in my Christian life, I just, I guess, I put Peter and the disciples and all the men, Paul and all these people, and I go, well, well, but they don't live and they didn't live in the day and age in which we lived. They didn't have this and they don't do this and they, well, they were with Jesus, so of course it was just easier for them. And as I was studying and as I was reading and I kept going through all these things, all of this just kept kind of coming back to me as Peter wasn't a superhuman. Peter wasn't just this incredibly awesome guy that Jesus was like, you know what, there's something extra special about him and I'm going to allow him to be a disciple. Now, Peter was a fisherman. And Peter would go out on the lake, and Peter would prepare the nets, and Peter would prepare the boats, and Peter would do all the things that fishermen would do, and Peter would go out and fish and come back and get himself ready for the next day. Just like many of us, we'll get ourselves ready, we'll go out to work, we'll come back, and we'll get ourselves ready and do it again and do it again and do it again. And here we come to a spot where Peter finally kind of gives over everything to Jesus. And I guess to me, maybe this hit me differently because I never realized that Peter had known of Jesus and actually met Jesus, like I said, roughly a year to a year and a half prior to this occasion where where Peter just left everything and followed Christ. But as I'm reading this and as I'm thinking about this, I kind of bring me to the spot today. That this, this is kind of the thought, and even if you, you read or listened in, into any of the things that were being said on the video, as silly as it was, is God wants to do something with me that's bigger than just me. If you caught the, the girl was, was making mention of, hey, I want to do something bigger with my life. I'm going through all of these things, and there's something out there. There's something different. There's something bigger than just me. And as we go through today, I pray and I hope that you'll kind of grasp some of these things, but... The awesome and amazing thing about our lives as Christians is just that. Yours and my life as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, is this. It is so much bigger and greater than just you and I. We just finished the series of His glory and talking about Jesus and and and, and who we are. And we're supposed to live everything for His glory and for His honor and, and giving everything to Him. My life is so much more than just me. Your life is so much more than just you. And as we grow in Christ and as we learn and as we dive into all of the stuff that's considered Christian and we look into all those things and our lives grow and our relationships grow and everything grows with Christ we more and more understand that this is so much bigger than just me. I don't live for just Aaron. You shouldn't live for just you. I'm a father and I'm a husband. That in of itself is my life bigger than just me. But you know, even more than being a father and being a husband, I am a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. 
my life is so much bigger than me. Because when I fail, yes, it could affect my children, but when I fail as a Christian, it affects you. And guess what? If you fail as a Christian, it doesn't just affect you and your home, it affects other people. Our lives are so much bigger than ourselves, and as Christians, my life and your life is greater than just us. And Peter, though he may never said those exact words, as we look over the passage this morning that we'll get into, I believe with all my heart that Peter came to a realization and Peter understood the light bulb went off in Peter's head, as we'll see in just a few moments, and Peter said, Aha! I have to give myself to this man. And he understood that Jesus, God, wants to do something with me that's bigger than just me. And so as we go through this morning, we will take a look at this idea of God wanting to do something with us or with you or with me that is bigger than ourselves. Let me ask you this question as we read or watch that goofy little video and she kind of pulls out the plug and says, have you ever plugged it in? Have you just tried to turn it on? I don't know about you and your life, but when I look at this thought today and I look at the idea of zapped and and as, as goofy and fun as that may be or may not be, and you may think that we're silly or whatever, but as we look at this idea and we go through this whole passage and we'll go through this, this series these next few weeks and we look at the idea of zapped, they took the silly robot and she looks and she says, well, have you plugged it in? Can I say this, and I'll get to this with, with Peter as well. Peter knew Jesus for well over a year before Peter left everything and followed Jesus. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever went home, whether it was at night, whether it was during the day, and your cell phone was low on juice, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to plug it in. And when you plugged it in, I don't know what your phone does, if it makes a or vibrates or whatever your phone does when you charge it. But it did that, and so you left it, and you come back to realize that your phone never charged because the plug wasn't fully plugged in. It, maybe it was in just enough to, to get, get it something, but it wasn't fully plugged in. I've been there. And then you're really frustrated and you're really angry because you're like, oh, I plugged my phone in just to have enough juice, and now you don't have any juice. But here's the idea and here's the concept, as silly as that may be, is many of us live our Christian lives and we're plugged into the outlet, but it's just enough to get you something, but it's not enough to fully fill it up. And sometimes if it's kicked wrong, it kind of comes out, just like maybe that phone charger or that iPad or that computer or whatever it is, but I plugged it all the way in and then you go look at it and it's got just enough that it's fully, it's not connected all the way. And we live our lives so much and so many times where we're not fully plugged in to really get the full effect of who God is and what's going on, just like our phones don't fully get charged. Just like a silly robot that's on a, on a video that never worked because it wasn't plugged in. And when it plugged in, it all of a sudden we have juice. 
And Peter, just like many of our lives, I believe this morning we can take a look at Peter's life and Peter's call and we can go, ah, hey, if I just would fully engage, if I would plug that thing all the way in, I could have some of that. Then that would make sense in my life. And so this morning we're going to look at Luke chapter number 5. And if you would, go with me to Luke chapter number 5. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screens. But in Luke chapter number 5, starting in verse number 1, and then we'll get into the points this morning. It says this, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they, they came and filled both the ships, so that they, they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Father, this morning I come to you, and Lord, I ask, I pray that you would speak through your word. God, I pray that you would be lifted up. God, I ask that you would use me this morning to encourage the people that are here. It's your name that I pray. Amen. I read all this and I go to the thought and I said that Jesus or Peter may not have fully been plugged in. If we were to go back into chapter number 4, not too far before that, we would see that Peter was in the midst of Jesus where Peter or Jesus healed his mother-in-law. So Peter... And Jesus are there, and and Peter's mother-in-law was sick. Jesus heals the mother-in-law. And as we continue to go forward, just a little bit in in, in Luke chapter number 4, they came to an end where it says in 42, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him, that he should not depart from them. And so it wasn't too long ago that... Peter had had seen a miracle of the mother-in-law being healed. And then Jesus went and was teaching and and coming out. And and the people were after Jesus. Jesus, you can't leave. Don't leave us. Don't depart from us. They had never heard the teaching and the preaching of anybody like this. And so here's where we come. And I I entitled, or I, I titled, I gave us three points here. And the first point is this. And as I tie all of this together, this is kind of where I came up with my points this morning. But the first point is this, reluctant. Peter was a bit reluctant. 
And I, I look at this and I, I see all of these things as I was reading in John chapter 1 is where, where Peter initially met Jesus. And I've seen in Matthew and the different, different um, gospels where G, or Peter comes to, to Jesus. But as we look in this passage of scripture, looking at chapter 5 right now, we see that Jesus came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Just like what we saw in verse number 42, what I stated just a moment ago, the people were just coming in droves. And as Jesus kept kind of, I don't know how it was, but I know that um, there was kind of that mountainside, a little bit of a mountainside, and it comes down into the lake, and Jesus is down there, and I could imagine that he maybe tried to back up a little bit and tried to back up a little bit more, and the people just kept coming and coming and coming, and, and eventually he looks over, and he sees the boats, and he walks over there and gets in and he says, hey, Peter. And he asks him the question. It says in, in, in the, the Bible, it says he entered into one in verse 3, which was Simon's and prayed, or that word prayed is that he asked him that he would thrust out. He says, hey, Peter, do you mind if I step out? Or not step out, do you mind if we push out into the lake just a little bit? The people are pressing on me. The, the, I want to be able to teach. I want to be able to give them what they're here for. And I don't know about you, and it hasn't yet said anything about being out all night fishing and, and toiling. That comes a little bit later in the passage of Scripture. But, but here, we just imagine. Imagine Peter for just a moment. And you can put yourself in this situation, and maybe it's not fishing, but you can put yourself in this situation. Peter was up all night long. Fishing. And he had done all that he needed to do. And he had went with the men that he was with, the partners that were in his business. And, and he was fishing and fishing and fishing and casting the nets and doing the things that he was doing. To get to the end of the shift, so to speak, to the end of the day, with nothing. They come to the shore, they, they dock the boat. They have to clean out the nets and get them all ready to go so they can go back the next time or whatever that would be. Tired, miserable, and here's this guy that wants to come over to me and say, hey, do you mind pushing out a little bit so I can use your boat so I can teach these people? Peter probably, like many of us, were probably... I can kind of imagine in my head what I would be doing. Probably something similar to Peter. Because here's kind of how I imagine this. Peter kind of says, okay, whatever. Jesus, I got you. Push out just a little bit. But he probably stayed in the boat. He probably kind of stayed back towards the end. To, you know, Jesus was maybe up front. Peter kind of stayed to the back and... I, could, I can just kind of imagine Peter just kind of going through the motions of continually doing what he needed to do so that he could get finished with what he needed to get finished so when he's done speaking, I could get out of here. He had a reluctance about everything that he did. There was something about Peter initially that just didn't give everything over. Again, in John chapter 1, he was a disciple of John the Baptist. And he was with John the Baptist when Jesus came and they kind of followed him. But there was a period of time that Peter continued to go out. 
continued to fish, continued to do what he was doing. And so here's my thought. I just kind of think that Peter was kind of reluctant, but kind of did what he was supposed to do. You know, I know Jesus. I know that this guy is who he is. You know what? All right. I'm going to get I'm going to cast out here just a little bit. We're going to push off and we're going to get it says that they were in the shallow end of the water, so they're maybe 10, 15, 20 foot out into the lake. I don't know how far they were out, but Peter just sitting in the back all the while what does Peter hear? The teaching and the preaching of Jesus. I don't know if there's anybody in here this morning that would maybe be in that camp where you maybe reluctantly would have came to church because your spouse bugged you and bugged you and bugged you to come to church. And you're like, you know what, fine. Easter, I'll go. Christmas, I'll go. You know what, if I go, will you just zip it and be quiet? And you, Now I'll be there. You can't say anything about it anymore. I'm just going to go. Finally, I'm giving in. I'm reluctantly doing what it is that I, I should do, or you hear it all the time. Well, my kids should be in church, so I, maybe I'll take my kids to church. And so they drop their kids off, and they kind of reluctantly come in themselves or whatever it would be. Maybe you could say that, that at some point in your life that could have been you. But there's a reluctance, and I believe that there was a little bit of a reluctance with Peter of, man, I was out all night, I've done all these things, I don't want to be here. But over the course of time... Peter was standing out in the boat over and over and over for the next, I don't know, 20 minutes, hour, two, three. I don't know how long Jesus taught that day. But Peter just listened and listened. And I could imagine at first Peter was just working and working and working. And then all of a sudden Peter was kind of still working, but maybe he would look up. And he would give ear a little bit more and he would pay more attention then he'd go back to work. Have you ever been? I've, I've been with students for a lot, of, a lot of years. I've done a lot of camps and a lot of different things. Have you ever been with that person that acts like everything is miserable? Ugh. I, I, there are so many times we've taken trips with youth groups and teenagers, and a parent will come, and they've paid the money, and the kid's like, I don't want to go. And so for the first, like, two, three, four, five, six hours, it's like this kid is just like, and you could, anything that happens, the kid's just like, that's not funny. <clears throat> I don't want to be here, and I'm going to make it miserable, and I'm going to make it miserable for anybody else around you. Well, if you go on a trip like that and you're miserable, here's, here, just, I'll just let you know how this works. You be miserable, I'm going to have a good time. That's how I go. So, but you see those kids like that, and, and I have, and maybe you've had your own kids, and they've taken trips with you, and they don't want to go, and then all of a sudden they're, they try to act angry. My kids are great at this. They try to act angry, and they'll, my kids will go, oh, I'm so angry. And then I'll go, what are you doing? And they'll go, like, they'll start to laugh. And then, but then they try to get that serious look again. Oh. I can imagine to some degree Peter kind of sitting on the back of the boat, like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. And as, he, as it goes, it's like, oh, this isn't too bad. I'm on the boat with Jesus, and he's teaching the people. Everybody wants to be close to Jesus, and I'm, he came to my boat and asked me. 
just like so many kids on these trips, they'll, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Nothing's funny. You can go, you can do the, everybody's rolling, laughing, and that one kid's just like, you know, they try to crack a smile and then they come back. I just kind of look at the reluctance of Peter in that, that kind of an instance. He had known Jesus. He had walked with Jesus. He had seen his mother-in-law healed. Maybe that was the problem. I don't know. But here is Peter, reluctantly. That, you, no one laughed. It's supposed to be a funny joke. I can say that my mother-in-law doesn't live here. Peter, reluctant. Pushes out, just sitting there, and all of a sudden, Jesus comes to an end. And as we look at this passage of Scripture, we see, it says in verse number 4, Now when he had left speaking, or when he had finished up, when he was done, he had stopped speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. And my next point is this. He went from reluctant to involved. And here's why I say that. To me, the more and more I studied this passage, as I stated, Jesus was just being patient with Peter. Jesus was waiting for that right moment. And as Jesus was kind of just giving it, teaching and preaching and all of the things. And where was Peter going to go? He's on a boat in the middle of the water. Yeah, he wasn't too far out, but he was captive. If there's any moment, get in a vehicle, ask somebody that doesn't like you to jump in a car and just take a ride. They can't go anywhere. That's kind of where Peter was. I can't go anywhere. But after listening and after listening and after listening, Peter... Jesus looks at Peter and says, hey, launch out into the deep. And here's where it gets a little crazy. And let down your nets for a drought. Now this point, Peter, I don't know what Peter does or what he thinks or what, but we know in verse number five that Peter says something back to Jesus. And I can imagine this was kind of brewing for a period of time. But he says, And and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Can I say this? For Peter, having been reluctant for a period of time, and and maybe that's not the right word to use, but, but Peter being a little bit hesitant, a little bit reluctant. Many of us being a little bit hesitant, a little bit reluctant, but yet the more and more we kind of get in, the more we listen, the more we follow, the more we see, we kind of engage and we kind of just creep in a little bit more, step by step by step by step by step. And here's Peter, he goes, you know what, Jesus? We've been here all night. But at your word... We'll let this net down. Jesus, at your word, I am, I am going to involve, I'm going to step in just a little bit more. Many of us, over a period of time, we say, Jesus, 
I've watched this. I've seen this. I've seen that. And Jesus, okay, you know what? I really, 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 I'm not sure about this, but I've seen you now. I've seen you heal my mother-in-law. I've seen other things. I've seen miracles. You've pushed us out. I listened to your teaching for a while. You know what, Jesus? I don't quite get it. I've been here all night long, but at your word, I will do as you've commanded to do. Oftentimes, so many times in our lives, maybe just like Peter, we're we're kind of plugged in and we've seen a little bit and we've got a little bit of a zapping here and there and we've got a shock here and we've got a shock there and just like Peter over the course of the year had seen Jesus and walked with Jesus and saw the miracles and and seen all these things but he wasn't plugged in and he didn't get it and here he says you know what Jesus I've been here all night long and I could imagine the back of his head he was saying Let me tell you how to catch fish on the Sea of Galilee. You catch fish in the shallow all night long on the Sea of Galilee. You don't catch fish in the deep in the middle of the day on the Sea of Galilee. I read that and I studied that when I was in Jerusalem. That was one of the things that they told us. There's a certain current that comes in that you only catch fish at certain times, at certain parts of the day, and so in the depths of the sea. Peter, if they were telling me this 2,000 some odd years later, I'm assuming that Peter and Jesus knew that as well. But Peter had to have gone, are you kidding me? I've been here all night, Jesus. I know how to do this. This is my profession. Just like if I were to go to your work and tell you, hey, why don't you try to do this? And you're going to look at me and you're going to go, zip it. You have no idea what you're talking about. But Peter says, you know what? At your word, at your word, I will let these nets down. And Peter, at this point, accepted and involved himself more than he had involved himself in the past. And it says this, And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake, and they beckoned unto their partners. So Jesus and Peter are out in the middle of the lake, And Peter goes, hey, we need help. We're going under. We've got too much fish. We need your help. And those the other fishermen came out and they grabbed those fish and they started putting them in. It says that they were still to the point of almost going under. Peter finally had plugged himself in. Peter finally had plugged himself in. And he finally had gotten himself involved. And he had finally got himself to a place where he said, you know what? Again, what did he say? At your word. It's at your word. Listen, the same thing, and I know it in all of our lives, it's when we grasp it and when we see it and when His Word and when He speaks to us in His Word that we finally get to see a little bit of the picture. We finally kind of grasp just a little bit. And Peter said, at your word, Jesus, though I don't get it, though I don't understand, I'm going to give it. Here you go. Whatever you got. Have you ever done that? I've done it. Where you just say, you know what? There ain't nothing else I can do. There you go. Let's see how this works out. Have you ever done something and gone, well, that's going to fail, but 
she told me to do it or he told me to do it. The boss at work tells you to work tells you to do something. You're like, that's not how this is done. We don't do it that way, but you know what? I'm going to do it to get them off my back. And there you go. You do it. And what do you not want to do? You don't want to see it happen successful and then have to go back and say, you were right. Peter involved himself at the word of Jesus. And then Peter sees the miracle that Jesus had in store for that particular time. And in verse number 7, or in verse number 8, I'm sorry, it says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. The last point is this, he was committed. He reluctantly did it, or he was reluctant at first, he became more involved, and then he became committed. This, to me, is, it's that thing that all of us want. It's what we all want. We all desire it. I desire that I would plug myself into Jesus and that somehow I would see what it is that I'm after. Peter was out there on the lake and Peter was doing his job and Peter did what God commanded him to do. The fish were just coming in droves and they filled the two boats and finally Peter just falls at his knees and says, Jesus, depart from me. God, I finally get it. This is Jesus Christ. This is the Son of God. This is the Messiah. This is the Master. This is who He is. He is all of these things. He gets it. The light bulb goes off. And at the end of this passage, what does it say? And they forsook all and followed Him. Listen, church, individual, when we plug in and we finally see the light bulb hit, When we finally plug in and we see that light bulb hit, the sermon series that we just did, His glory makes a whole lot more sense. You mean I'm supposed to do everything for Him? Absolutely. You mean this life isn't about me? Not at all. You mean this is bigger than me? Absolutely. Everything that we do as a Christian, when we're plugged into Him, it makes a little bit more sense when we would say, okay, Jesus, I don't understand why I'm dumping a net in the middle of the lake in the middle of the day. There's no fish out here. But we do it. Why? Because we're plugged in and we're living our lives for His glory and it begins to make a little bit more sense because it's obedience unto the Father. And being plugged in seems to make a little bit more sense. Getting a little zap, getting a little jolt, getting a little whatever that is that you want to call it seems to make a whole lot more sense. Can I just ask... And I'm basically done this morning. Where are you? Maybe you're here. Maybe you've been here. Maybe you've been here reluctantly. I don't know. But maybe your idea of being here at church is just, I come, I say hello, and I say goodbye. And I've done my good duty. I can say I did it. My wife is pleased, my husband's pleased, the kids are pleased, whatever it is, and now I can head on and get done what really needs to get done. 
Can I ask you, maybe it's about time that you need to get involved. Maybe it's about that time where, where you need to just take that next step and say, okay, God, I don't get it, but I, I, I need to cast that net in. And I'm not asking, I'll be real honest, this isn't a service where I'm going to have all kinds of sign-ups so you get involved in all those things. That's really not the point. I'm just talking involved in your relationship with God. I need to know Him. I need to grow. I need to learn. There's something. I'm watching it, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching it, and I've been here for a skeptic. I've been here as a skeptic for a long time, and I've seen this person live their life, and I've seen that person live their life, and it doesn't seem to change. They're pretty much solid. What they say is who they are and all of those things, and I, I, and I don't want to say they're right, but uh, I've been trying to prove them wrong, and it hasn't worked. Hey, get involved. Get involved. Maybe you need to start reading your Bible in the morning, at night before you go to bed. Maybe you need to stop just taking at, at, at face value what I've said on Sunday morning and you need to take down the passage of Scripture and you need to take it home and go, I want to find out if that guy knows what he's talking about. Please do it. And if I'm wrong, come back and find me and tell me this was wrong. I want that. Why? Because I don't want you to live your life based on what Aaron Flanagan says. I want you to live your life based on what God's Word says. And if all you do is come on Sunday morning and listen to me, I'll be just, I'm letting you know. You're going to fail. And then who's going to be to blame? Me. Find it out. Maybe that's your way of involvement. You know what? I've been a skeptic of this guy. Now he's telling me to check out what he has to say, if it's right or wrong. Do it. Maybe you've been involved, but you've just not completely committed. Maybe your Christian life has been involved in that. Maybe you even serve in the nurseries or you serve in some capacity. Maybe you write the check to the tithe or you do whatever it is that you do and and you're involved, but you're involved kind of in that manner of, you know what? God, I'm doing this, but I'm not quite sure. And you've seen it. And you've been to that moment where you were just like Peter, where you just said, okay, Jesus, you are who you say you are. I am committed. I'm no longer questioning. I'm no longer asking those things. I'm no longer, I am committed. I'm there. I'm this. I'm whatever. And God, you are who you say you are. And my life is now yours. I'm done being reluctant. I'm done just being involved because... Somebody told me to. I am committed. I am plugged in. And I need that power to continue to go forward. We are all, as silly as it was, we're all like Roger, the little robot that Professor Uber whatever was. We're all standing there. Without being plugged into Christ, we're nothing. Each and every one of us. Without being plugged in, we're nothing. You may serve, you may be the best Sunday school teacher this church has, but if you're not fully plugged in, you're nothing. If I'm not plugged in, I'm nothing. This morning, the next few weeks, we'll have fun with some of the videos we've got 
crazy stuff going on. In the next few weeks, we'll have kids running around here with Zapped and VBS and all of those things. But let me ask, don't leave without the thought, am I plugged in? Am I fully plugged in? Not I'm in enough that I get juice every once in a while, but I'm plugged in. Because that's where we need to be. Listen, church, that's what I'm after. My family's not perfect. I'm far from perfect. We don't have it all together. I wish we did. But man, I just, I want to strive to be plugged in, to live for His glory. That's, that's what I want. And I want to do the best that I can to lead this church, that each and every one of us would do the same exact things, that when we walk out of this door, we're living for His glory. It's not about us. It's something greater than us. It's not about Oasis Baptist Church. It's about Him. It's not about your pastor. It's about Him. But we got to be plugged in to fully get that. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I know it's a passage of Scripture we've heard and we've seen. I know most of you here this morning are regulars or many of you are from out of town. And you'd say, well, I know, I know the Lord. And, but let me ask you, where is your commitment? Are you plugged in? Where do you sit in that list of things that we talked about this morning. Are we reluctant? Are we involved? Are we committed? Maybe somebody is here this morning that would say, well, I've, I've been coming or I've been to church on multiple occasions, but I've never given myself to the Lord. And maybe this morning would be a time where you would say, well, Pastor, I, I've known of this stuff. I've seen it. I've, I've heard it but I've never come to a place where I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I've completely given everything to you. Maybe this morning would be that morning for you. Where you would, maybe it's walking an aisle, maybe it's seeing me at the door, seeing an usher, but where you would just say, I need to give everything. Maybe you're a member and you're, you're involved, but you need to be 100% committed. 